0: Welcome to the Peppered Podcast, where food and beverage marketing professionals get seasoned talk on how to grow and manage their brands. Hey
1: everyone, this is Jamie Alibach and welcome to the Peppered Podcast. If you are a regular listener to the show, you're going to notice a slight departure from our typical format. I'm usually interviewing business owners, entrepreneurs, CEOs, VPs of marketing, CMOs, brand managers, directors, and the like people who are on the front lines of food and beverage marketing. My goal is and has always been to bring useful, tangible, practical information and insights to you to help you better grow and manage your brand. And that's certainly going to be the case with this episode. We are always constantly talking to, to brands about marketing and how to grow their brands, but digital marketing always seems to be at the forefront everybody wants to know more about it everybody wants to to drive to new levels of success and and it's something that that as a, as a marketing firm and an agency we've been on the cutting edge of for you know 25 years or so so this episode is going to be really focused just around uh, the premise of digital advertising and marketing and how to be more successful with it and i i love i love I love this topic because it's so deep and so wide. Uh, we are we're constantly talking to, to to brands about it, and 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 one of the things that I always try to get back to is you know the premise of digital marketing is so similar to traditional marketing. You know we're all about reach. We want to reach our target consumers. Uh, we want to hit them with the right levels of, of frequency. We want to be able to target them as best we can. And ultimately, we want to drive consumers to buy your brand on shelf. So the, the premise is basically the same, but, but we're going to dig a lot deeper in this episode and talk about some of the nuances that really make for a successful um, a successful digital digital program. So with me today, and I'm really super excited, is, is Nate Paczynski. He's part of our, our digital team, and, and, and together we're going to dig in um, a little bit deeper on, on what it makes to have a successful digital program. Nate, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here.
1: Yeah, so let's let's start out, you know, with with one of the foundational keys here, Nate: um, targeting and consumer targeting. You know, we we use three, what I would call three cornerstones of targeting: geography, lifestyle, and and the categories. Maybe just touch on on each of those and give us a little idea of how how we utilize those three cornerstones to really, really drive consumers to buy brands?
0: Yeah. So that's the beauty of digital. So with mass, we have, hey, we want to go out, hit 18 plus, we want to get consumers in this DMA. But in digital, we really have three different pillars that we can make sure we hit to find that most interested audience who's most likely to buy this product. So first, it's geography, just like it's always been. It's We want to hit people in Chicago, people in New York, all these different types of things. But with digital, we can get very down to the radius level. So whether it's your store, it's your product location, it's all these very um, store-like targeted areas that we can make sure that we hit and as efficiently spend the money as possible. And that's,
1: you know, I love the- this because um, it's so scalable. So we can talk about geo-targeting when we're talking about Big brands who have millions of dollars to spend and we can talk about it when we have small brands who, who who might just be in a few few stores. So, you know, we've 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 worked with brands where hey we need to reach two hundred and fifty stores and then we've worked with brands where we need to hit thousands and thousands and thousands of stores. So how does that how does that work from a scalability perspective?
0: It's actually one of the, the best way you can do it scale-wise. So if you only have – say you're only in one store chain or you're in 10 store chains, you can have the same program that goes against both. You can just custom tailor it to each individual chain. So whether you're working with 10 stores, you're working with 1,000 stores, it's still the same strategy can be applied across the board. So um, you know, you're know you hitting where those stores are at. You're hitting those, those consumers that live near those stores. So you're not – you know, spending all your money to hit a whole DMA when really people who live within two miles of the store are the ones that are actually going to be going there or maybe they're going to be passing on their commute to work. So when you're really focusing on that radius level advertising and those that small, you know, two to five mile radius around the locations where the products actually are, you're hitting consumers who are passing in front of the stores, consumers who are actively shopping at the places where your products already are. So you're not getting in the way of people. You're not trying to send them out to a new place they haven't been. You're trying to give them a new option to find a product that should benefit them in the place they're already at. All right. So that's
1: one. We're looking at very specific stores that are in a geographical location. And it might be a couple hundred, it might be a couple thousand stores. So the second piece of the puzzle is lifestyle. How does that fit in with targeting and and geography and all of that?
0: So in the digital age that we're in, even, you know, it's only been going on 10, 15 years, we've been able to collect an incredible amount of data. So all these big companies like Foursquare turned from a social media network into a data company. And there's all these other big companies that are seeing, how people act. So whether it's where they spend their credit card, where the location devices on their phones are going, they were able to take all these different data points and figure out how people are actually living. And then we're able to take their lifestyles and put advertisements in front of them based on what they like. So if somebody's into, you know, a healthy lifestyle, they're into something that's they eat better for you foods, they eat organic products, things like that, then we're able to use their lifestyles and their habits to send them advertisements to products that would be relevant to them. So if we're selling, uh, you know, a food product that is primarily a carbohydrate focused product, we're not going to be targeting people who are interested in a ketogenic lifestyle. So we're able to find find interests and key things that people have and um, only target the ones that are very, very relevant to their interests. So that way we optimize how we spend our money and we're only you know, adding value to these people, not just trying to shove an advertisement in front of them.
1: So if we're in a... A three to five mile radius around a specific store, we can hit everyone within that three to five mile radius who say might be say we're say we're marketing a, a better for you snack product. We can market to just those people whose lifestyle might align with someone who might be buying that type of product. Is that correct?
0: Yes. Yeah. So these computer algorithms are incredible, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Google or Snapchat, they're able to take all of your life's patterns. So once you made a certain set of purchases, maybe you're visiting certain websites that relate to healthy foods or you're watching videos that relate to fitness, then they're able to take these algorithms and we're able to say, hey, we want people who fit these three targets. They live in this area. They're interested in healthy food. Maybe they, you know, they attend this gym or something like that. And then we're able to very target how we want to reach these people because we know they live where we want. And then we know they're already taking the actions of people who are likely to purchase these products. So it's two layers that work together to help us find the people who are very likely to purchase this product.
1: So we've got geography we're targeting by around a specific store. We've got lifestyle, how their life might align, whether they're visiting websites or whether there's various patterns in their life, what they're talking about on social media. But it's, they're, they're living a life lifestyle, which means they could be interested in this brand. And then the third piece is the actual category data. So, so how, does that, how does that align with these other three? What makes that such a
0: critical pillar here for us? It's critical because we're able to find people who are actually current purchasers of either this same type of product or products in a similar category. So we're not just advertising to people who like to go run. We're advertising to, you know, people that are actively making running purchases or they're making you know low carbohydrate purchases or better for you purchases. So we're able to take the actions people are actually making on a daily basis and turn them into insights. So we know it's a verified purchaser of a certain product. We know that they're spending this much money per month or this is their household income. So we're not just taking a guess. This is data that shows us exactly who these people are. So we're able to optimize our, our spends as efficiently as possible.
1: So they've either bought in the category Category at one time, or they're currently buying in the category. And I also like it that we can drill this down even deeper, that not only in the category, but they could be a a light buyer of your brand. They could be a lapsed buyer of your brand. So it's not just category, but they're, they might've been a buyer of your brand and they have stopped for some reason or another. And we're reaching out to them to try to remind them, or maybe we have something new that would be relevant to them about it. So it's category and brand. Is that right?
0: Correct. So whether it's you want to find lapsed users who bought your brand 30 days ago and haven't bought you since, or you want to find new users, this is all based on their actual purchase activity. So depending on your objective is really how you're able, you you can decide how to reach these people. But you have the opportunity to find people who have purchased, who haven't purchased, or would be likely to purchase your brand.
1: So these are our our three basic pillars when it comes to consumer targeting, uh, targeting by geography, lifestyle, and category. And now we can even drill even deeper. I love this part even more, Nate. This is this is even this is the more we talk about this and the more we utilize this strategy, the more excited I get for brands in this level of micro targeting. So you get down to the store zip code and specific retailers and 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 you can target based on things that are going on within that store. So for instance, if we're talking, and I'll just simplify it, say we're targeting uh, 10 10 stores for a brand. And in five of those stores, this brand might have some level of in-store promotion going on or POS or something. And we can customize
0: the message just for those stores, right? Exactly. People are so, right, and nowadays, they really, really want to feel like everything is personalized. They want to feel they're not just being talked to or talked at. They want to have a conversation with them. And they know even though they know it's an advertisement. Um, by now, everybody knows when they're seeing an ad. They know when uh, the ads are down on the bottom of the screen or it's a promoted post on Facebook. But the thing is, if the ad relates to them, if it feels conversational, they're much more likely to take an action. So if you know, you're know you working down to this this retailer-specific um, targeting strategy and you have three different retailers, that you're in, you can say, hey, go visit, go visit us at Safeway. Go find our projects at Giant. Go find all these other things that we have that are in your local area. So you're able to get down and make this person actually feel like you're talking to them. It's a, hey, we, we know you might be interested in this certain product. Here's your local store. So just, it's it's going to be there when you're going to be there.
1: And we can take that even deeper where we're talking about go to your specific – so go to Shoprite. And look for our display at Shopboy. Look for our end cap. At, look at our look for our um, in-store special offers. or we're on deal at ShopRite this week, right?
0: Yeah, so it's it's that's another really nice thing about digital, is you can completely customize your message and update it at any time. So maybe you have a deal going on at your store, and then later you have a new product that's coming onto shelf. So you can be targeting these same consumers and um, tracking everyone who engages with your content, and once you release a new product, or you break it into a new store, or you have any sort of new developments with the brand, you can follow up with these warm leads, these warm consumers who have chosen to vote with your brand at some touch point online, and they can keep in touch with you at a very customized level.
1: Now, this has become more and more relevant, really, in the last... Few years for for a number of reasons. I'm going to take a little bunny trail here. Um, I'm a big big believer in 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 some level of incentive in digital. So you know whether we are having some sort of promotion going along where we're giving something away, where we're trying to get consumers information, email for remarketing, or whether we're doing a coupon of sort or of whatever it be. But we've run into issues um, as of late in the last few years with digital digital coupons, and that's where this type of micro targeting has really come in into play because everybody's looking on their phones for things Less and less people are on their desktop. So targeting people with consumers where they actually have to print the coupon because you can't use it on your phone now, which is just driving me crazy. And but that's that's the case. So we have to adapt our incentives. So instead of saying, hey, get this coupon because they can't scan it from their phone because of all the fraud that's going along, and I'm convinced they're gonna they're gonna fix that eventually. We can drive them towards a specific promotion. We can drive them to a store location page on someone's website. We can drive them really to wherever we want them to be, but this becomes super, super important when it comes to micro-targeting.
0: And we even have the ability with digital now to go even further than that. So if you, you can spend all your time saying, hey, you know, come visit our store. We have this promotion. We have this end cap. We have the ability now to track and actually send notifications in store. So depending on your goals, depending on how you have the rest of your marketing mix set up, once somebody walks down that frozen food aisle, that snack aisle, they can get a push notification to their phone that says, hey, we're right here. Come give us a try. So there are so many different ways at so many different touch points that you could have Digitally with your brand, that it's one of the most efficient and most effective ways to reach consumers who are likely to be interested in at that point of purchase.
1: And again, it doesn't matter the size of your brand. You could be a small emerging brand who has a very, very small budget, or you could be a global, a global brand that has just millions at your disposal for this sort of thing. It's very scalable. Uh, and can be used really at, at any point within your, uh, with any, any tactical point within your overall marketing plan. So, so again, our 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 three pillars are the geo targeting, the lifestyle targeting, the categories, and then we get into this level of micro targeting within within each of those. So let's shift gears. A little bit, and let's talk about the the path to purchase because we've spent a long, we've spent many, many years um, working on this 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 customer acquisition strategy, this this journey that that customers go on, and and, it, and it's amazing to me how it just continues to evolve. But we've 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 developed this funnel approach, which talks about. You know, driving consumers from from the large bucket of awareness down to engagement, to intent, to conversion, and 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 again, this this is a a a basic strategy that works in a scalable form for all brands. So let's let's talk a little bit, little bit from the top of the funnel here,
0: Nate. Yeah. So. When it comes to promoting your brand, obviously everything drives back down to sales. But you have to start somewhere. There's this sales funnel that people have to learn about your product or brand before they can buy you. If they don't know who you are, there's a good chance, there's a very high chance they're not going to buy you. So whether you know it's increasing brand awareness, it's promoting your unique product proposition, it's reaching people near your product, we need to get people to know who you are before they're going to actually seek you out and buy you. So that's that very top of the funnel. And digitally, we can figure out and we can see exactly what's working and what's not working when it comes to brand awareness and reach. So if people in a certain location are really engaging or interacting with your brand or they're seeing your advertisements and clicking back to your website, that's how we know that people are becoming aware and that it's actually growing that brand awareness. And that's something that you can track. Everything that you do digitally, you can track. And that Helps give you insights for how to move uh, customers further down that funnel.
1: Let, let, let's talk a little deeper about the top of the funnel here, because it, people get you know, brands get squirrely when you use that 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 ambiguous word awareness all the time, and they're you know and they're thinking about yeah I'm not interested in driving awareness anymore. I'm interested in driving sales. And I would argue that point, but that's a podcast for for another time. So when we're talking about awareness here, and again, this is we're we're talking just. Digital here, but this this whole the premise of this funnel really applies to, to advertising in general. But when we're talking about awareness from digital, what what are our, some of our goals here with consumers, Nate? And what is what is some of the behavior that, that we want
0: them to take? So when it comes to awareness, there's so many different ways that people are going to become aware of your brand. So whether it's through advertising, it's exposure to the products via, via display. Maybe they actually just walk into the store, they see it on the shelf. Maybe it's some content marketing. They put out a blog and... And, um, you know, they saw it was, a, it was a great recipe. It was a great way to use this different product. It was maybe it was, you know, just some search. So they, they heard about your advertisement on the radio. They heard about your product on TV. So they went to Google and they looked it up because they they, they really like your brand. Or, you know, maybe it's a, uh, one of the strongest ways to get somebody to buy your brand is a referral from a friend. So there are so many different ways that people will hear about your brand. They will come on to your brand. But we need to be there at every single one of these different touch points. So whether they're searching for you or they want want to see a video, we can be in front of them when they're actually looking for you.
1: And again, this might, some of these areas like, like, like the tangible search piece, they may not, this is getting back to, to, to our pillars there when we talk about categories, they may not even be aware of you as a brand. They might be searching in a specific category and through the right digital, you can come up when they search. If I'm looking for a better for you, snacks, and then your brand Pops up in that in that space. So so awareness, you know, is is super key when it comes to moving your brand along the funnel within within digital advertising. Let's talk about the next piece, which is engagement.
0: Now, so there are tons of different ways somebody can engage with your advertisement digitally. So whether it's watching a video, clicking on the link, um, you know, reacting to it on Facebook or favoriting it on Twitter, there are so many different ways that someone can engage with your brand. But the beautiful thing about digital is that we can track that. We know who they are. We know what they look like. And we can use that to push them further down the funnel. So if somebody has seen an outbound video on Facebook and they liked it or they clicked back to the website where they took any of These other triggers that you can set up to um, help reach your goals, you can then create what is called a remarketing audience. So you have this audience that has voted for your brand now. You said, hey, 100,000 people have seen our ads and 10,000 people decided that they wanted to watch the entire video of these ads. So these people have now spent 10, 15, 30 seconds with your brand. So they know who you are. They're aware of you and they're interested. And now we can start to move them down the funnel because we know they've engaged with the brand and they have more interest than just watching some sort of video or skipping over some other advertisement.
1: And engagement, you know, I've been and I've been saying this for for 10 plus years that, you know, we use that word engage as a broad overarching term, but there really is significant difference in the levels of engagement. If I just like something, my, my engagement or my consideration or intent is very low. If I comment on something, I've gone up to the next level, right? If I share something, now I'm really kind of in that mode of, oh boy, I'm really interested in this. I'm so interested. I want to share it with, with my friends. So there's different, you know, if I watch something, if I watch, you know, a couple seconds of a video, I'm semi interested. If I watch that whole thing, my interest level is way up right? So there's different levels of, of engagement that consumers take when it comes to both digital and, and social media. Same thing, same thing on the pure advertising. If it's, if it's a pre-roll, you know, if I, you know, skip <laughs> right at that, you know, five seconds, okay, you can skip after five seconds, that's great, or, or skip after 10, I'm skipping. But if I stick around and listen a little bit more, you know i've got they've got my attention and that and my my engagement now has gone significantly higher right
0: Correct. And, and that engagement tells us where people are at in this funnel. So if somebody has just liked our post versus somebody who's watched 50 to 75% of our video, we can actually custom tailor the messages they're going to see after this to help them move down the funnel because not everybody moves through the funnel at the same pace. Some people will come through the store, see your product on shelf, buy you just because they like your package. Others will see you on shelf, go home and Google it, talk to 10 of their friends, go home and Google it again, go watch a video, and then they might add it to their cart. So there's so many different ways that we need to move these people down the funnel. So we need to retarget them and stay in a conversation with them based on where they're at. So if they're just liking a photo, maybe we send them another message that has a different product, it has more information about that photo, or maybe they watched 75% of our videos so we follow up with them with a much more direct sales message. So depending on their interest and engagement will also also, uh, dictate how you follow up with them in the future.
1: Okay, so we're moving down the funnel. We've got awareness, which is which is a broad uh, net it's a, it's a wide net that we're casting. We're taking them down to engagement, and now we're at intent. Talk a little bit about intent for me. What does it mean when a when, it, when a consumer has
0: intent towards a brand? So, this is one of the hardest things to actually determine digitally is that Online to offline intent. So, um, how do we figure out who's actually online, seeing these ads, clicking, you know, visiting the website, and all these things? But are they actually buying the product? And that's where we really like to look at the store locator on the website. So, a big thing for us is we know if they're physically going to that store locator page, they're searching for products in certain locations that people are actively and uh, engaging and interested in finding your product and where they can find your product. So now that we people have voted for your brand they've engaged with your brand we can see where they're searching for your products so that's going to give us the highest indicator of intent because no matter what somebody else does if they're actively looking for where to buy your product that shows us the biggest correlation between digital engagement and intent
1: what are other other levels of intent i mean there you know you've got in-store intent. You've got, you know, you know, influence, you know, different types of influential purchase decisions. Um, You know, they could be interested at multiple levels and have different types of, of, of intent. Anywhere from, you know, they're, they are in-store right there and they want to buy within this category of the brand. What are the different levels of, of intent and how, you know, how do we, how do we activate on those levels.
0: Yeah. So there are a a variety of different levels of intent. There's people who are going to go directly to the store and purchase, and there are people who just want to learn more. And that's why it's important to have um, a varied media mix. So no matter where the level of intent they are, you can meet them at that touch point. So if somebody's ready to go find the product, they're ready to go search for the store, they can go to your website, you'll be there. But maybe they want to go to Google and research the product, research similar products. You need to, you know, be on Google, have advertisements for the category, have advertisements for your brand itself. Um, there's so many different ways. So that... if
1: they want to dive deeper and, and we want to give them a higher level of education, on, maybe they're looking for more information and we need to give them um, a, a little bit more in-depth education on our brand or even on the category before they are ready to buy,
0: Right. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all about telling your story. So you need to get the story out there and, and why you're different, why you're better, why you are the product that they should have. And digital really allows you to be flexible in telling that story and meeting people where that story makes sense.
1: So the conversation – and the messaging
0: really changes based on the level of intent. Exactly. If if somebody is really engaged with your brand, they know a lot about your brand, then why just, you know, um, show who your brand is? Say, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're this brand and we're here with the best that, you know, we're the best one for this category. We're actually explaining, hey, you're familiar with us. You've seen us. This is why we're the best. This is what's different. This is what's new. So you're really developing that relationship. You're not just advertising to someone. Right.
1: Okay. So we're still trying. Traveling down the funnel here, we've got awareness, moved into engagement, to intent, and now we're at conversion. And there's all types of different levels of conversion that really determine success of, of a campaign. Talk a little bit about conversion.
0: Yeah, And there's a ton of different types of conversion as well. So obviously, everything goes back to sales. We're we're all selling some, we're all selling something. We want someone to purchase the product, but. That doesn't mean that's where the conversion actually is. So maybe it's they're using a coupon to bring them into the brand. They're trying a different product than what we were actually advertising, but they're still familiar with the brand. Maybe um, they're purchasing other products at a similar store, but we at least know that we've pushed them to that store where the products are available. Or even, you know, we can see on the receipt of purchase that they actually have made that sale. So there's different ways to reach people who are at the different levels of conversion and then also be able to validate whether they have converted at these different levels.
1: All right. So there you have it. Awareness, engagement, intent, and conversion. This is the customer acquisition uh, journey for brands. Now, Nate, you touched a little bit on it, and I want to go back and, and and readdress it a little bit, this idea of, of, of retargeting, and sequential messaging within, within this funnel, because I think that this is so, so important. And I think it's such an overlooked piece that, that, that many brands just don't, either don't understand it. They don't have the right partner that's helping them develop this messaging platform. Um, so talk, talk a little bit about this idea of, of of sequential different layers of messaging and this idea of retargeting, because I think there's a lot around, you know, people get scared off by, Retargeting, and I think rightfully so, because there are sometimes even within the food and food and beverage brand. You know, if I click on, you know, or visit a website, you know, all of a sudden I'm barraged. I mean, every day, every multiple times during the day. Sometimes it goes on for months. When I see this kind of thing going on for months, it's really a clear indicator that that the folks that are running their digital program really are not that savvy in this space, and they really don't understand some of the things that we we've talked about along the way, like the the behavior of consumers and how to reach them in a way that's going to bring them closer to your brand and not push away. So, so people get scared off by that retargeting thing because there are so many brands out there, they're doing it wrong. So let's talk a bit about this crap, this, this platform, not, not crap form, but platform of, of re-engagement strategy that we utilize.
0: Yeah. So re-engagement and retargeting are one of the most important things that you can do digitally because you're, following up with those people that have already voted for your brand. These are people that have visited your website, seen your advertisements, taken some sort of step to let you as the advertiser or the brand know that they're interested, that they want to hear something more. So whether somebody views a video, clicks over to the website, engages, you know, with some sort of content, they've seen that first message. So whatever you're trying to get out there, whether it's a new product, it's telling the story about your brand, these people have seen it and told you that they agree with whatever your first message was. So it's important that you follow up with those people with your second message. And it needs to be customized and tailored to that message. So it shouldn't be, you know, very distant from what that first story was. This is where we're really building that Relationship, not just advertising as that brand.
1: Here's an interesting example um, th- that I'll use. So we worked, we worked with this one, this one brand. I'm not going to mention names, but it was, it was a family of of, of products that, that that fit into a certain. Lifestyle, and we had digital ads for for each of these products in multiple categories. They were across five five categories, but then we also had uh, messaging built around the family of of brands. So we would be targeting people who might be interested in in this specific product in this category or this specific product and driving success along the way. But one of the things we found that was super interesting is that people that were in this lifestyle, they were very interested in the overall family of, of branding. So is that, is that a good example of different types of, of sequential messaging as it can apply to, to, to someone that has a specific lifestyle?
0: Yeah, that's a great example. Um, the, way, the way we went out with that is we really thought that people who were, you know, their, their uh, behaviors dictated this. So We thought this is the kind of messaging they would want to see. But we were able to figure out through time that they wanted to see the brand. They wanted to have different kinds of experiences. And that's what really re- uh, resonated with these audiences. So once we learned that, we could really tailor future messages to be around the things that people were relating to, not just what we were assuming was what they wanted to see.
1: Yeah, and I I think this idea of, of of retargeting too is 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 so important, and I think that our our style that that, that we have adapted over the years, what I like to call is is <clears throat> we're just not you know we don't drive people nuts, <laughs> so we we have it we have a we we have we've, we've we've tested it out over the years, and we've really. Gotten into a rhythm that seems to work for people, and and what what would you say that is, Nate? Like, how many times you know within a given day or a given week do we want to re reach out to people who have showed some
0: level of interest? So, what we like to do is try and stay uh, around one brand impression a week. So, um, if it's an eight-week campaign, we want to keep the total frequency around 8 per that 8 week flight. So that way we're staying with with people, you know, each week we're following up with them, we're staying up, you know, whether they go to the store once a week, whether they go to the store once a month, we're still there, but we're not all over the place, we're not following them on Google and then Facebook and then Twitter. So we we're staying in front of brands without or staying in front of consumers without making the brand frustrating to, to, to somebody who we're trying to bring into the brand.
1: Right. I mean, what, what we have found over time, and again, this is, this is one of the great things about digital is that you learn as you're going on. One of the things that we have learned over time is that people get irritated. You know, it just because they've showed some level of interest in the brand doesn't mean that every website they go to, they want to, See an ad for your brand. In fact, it can be an incredible turnoff for for people to say, uh, you know what? I'm not buying that brand because I just can't. They're, they're just in my face all the time. It's not my style, or they've just, you know, pissed me off to the point where I'm going to buy another competitor's brand." So, we over the time we we have developed what really seems to work as far as the frequency of how often we we
0: retarget. Yeah, the frequency is important and the actual content of the message is important. So it's important to have multiple different triggers in your retargeting setup. So maybe somebody's only visiting the product page of your website, or maybe they're only visiting, um, maybe it's the, the home page of the website and then they're leaving. So we have to figure out why they're taking these different actions and um, help push them down the funnel with different messages. So maybe if somebody's spending all of their time looking at different recipes, you could follow up with a coupon for the recipe they were looking at. Or maybe they've only gone to the About Us section. So they're really just trying to figure out what your product is. So you can retarget to these people based on their actions and actually provide them some value down the road.
1: So let's shift again. Let's talk about performance and analysis. And look... Look, Nate, you know, I'm a creative guy. You know, numbers sometimes can make my head hurt and spin, and I'm just not into it. But even I get excited about how we're able to measure, track, monitor, and validate these types of digital programs. because you know what? At the end of the day, it makes the creative better. It makes us better at, at, at branding for, for food and beverage companies to, to make their stuff more effective. And that's what we want. We want success. We want to help companies grow their brands. We want to help them achieve their goals. So this idea of performance analysis is super important and and we're able to give, give our clients, you know, really whatever. We, I, I love how you phrase it is we can give them, you know, as much or as little as we want. We can give them top-level information or we can get as far down in the weeds as we want. So talk, talk a little bit about about this, this process of monitoring and validating the results of the campaign and even how we adjust along the way based on those, those results.
0: Yeah, analysis and reporting is one of the best and worst things about digital media. So you know down to the click, down to the impression – exactly what is going on and what's happening. So it is very, very easy to, um, as Todd likes to put it, have a, a paralysis by analysis, or it's very easy to make all of your decisions based off of your digital strategy. So it's really important to know what your goals are before you go into the whole thing. So uh, something that's very, very big about digital is when you put in your buy it, and you, um, you specify how you would like to spend your money. So are you spending it for reach? Are you trying to Get as many clicks as possible. Are you trying to find people who will watch your video? So, if you don't have a defined goal, um, if you're, or if your goals change throughout the campaign, that could actually have a very negative effect or positive effect on your performance. Because as you go, if you know you purchased for for reach and you realize that you really wanted to drive traffic to your site, then the metrics that you're going to track are going to be completely different. So, it's really important to start with a goal before you start heading into anything so, uh, that deals with tracking. Um, so once you, once you have your goals, once you have your tracking, you're really able to see how people are acting. So if you're able to test different types of creative, different types of uh, different mediums, you're able to see what are the best ways to spend your money. Where are your consumers at?
1: And see, I love that piece of it because the the, the creative piece of, of branding and advertising and marketing is is always so so subjective. And, you know, we work with companies, some companies invest hundreds of thousands or millions into, into testing ad ideas and testing creative and testing messaging and very specific nuances. And that's great. But when it comes right down to it, what are people responding? to and how are they responding to it. And then on the other end of the spectrum, you have smaller brands who just can't really afford anything as far as testing. So this becomes almost, you know, a real time testing ground for us to see what works in the area of messaging, what works from a visual perspective. Is this visual of, 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 People interacting with the brand going to be more effective than an appetite appeal shot? You know, what are consumers responding to more? So it, it allows us to calibrate in real time based on what consumers are responding to. And that does nothing but make the creative better and more effective. And I love that. I love that piece of this and to be able to do that time and time again to see how it makes Branding better
0: and like you said, these platforms do it in real time. So if you're going on to Facebook or Google or wherever you're going, they all recommend that you have at least three different types of ads. So um, these these platforms will, are, will, will will take all three ads, and when somebody is searching for whatever they're searching for, or you know their online behaviors dictate it, um, these platforms will put the ad that they believe is most successful in front of this person. So if you were able to see in real time what's working and what's not, and that can really provide insight. To the rest of your team, as to how where should our messaging be? What should our website look like? What kind of content should we produce on a regular basis? So you're able to see exactly what works anytime that you need it.
1: So I mean, we've got analytics, and 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 look, everybody's got analytics, but to me, it comes down to how do you put these into a format that turns it into insights, actionable insights for us. We've got the analytics piece. We've got it allows us to optimize, calibrate. And, and we've got multiple, multiple levels of, of reporting. And, this, and again, this can shift because, you know, when we're working with people that are very savvy in the digital space, they want to get down into the weeds with this. And then we're working with higher level executives. They want just that top level insights piece of this.
0: Yeah. So um, it's definitely very important to know who you're working with. So if you're working with your digital team and you really want to know, hey, how can we get something? How can we increase this click through rate? How can we get costs down in this area? Then that's one thing. But it's very important across the board to make sure that everybody understands what your goals are and how you're going to track it. So um, if you need to if if you have decided that you really want to focus on like sales is the end all be all. That's it. We don't care. Who many, how many people see our ads, how many people click on our ads, all we want is sales, then you have to decide what goals are going to help lead to that sales number. But if you're focused on awareness or something along those lines, you really have to focus on what are the indicators that are going to show us. People are learning more about our brand. What is our brand lift? How are people getting more comfortable with purchasing our brand? So it's you really have to know your audience, and then you have to know what um, – key performance indicators are actually valuable because there's so many different data points that you could look at. It's really important to decide what actually matters for your campaign.
1: This is an exciting space um, to be in, the digital the digital marketing, digital advertising, the the, the social piece of this and it's and it, and it's ever ever evolving and, and and look, it's 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 not the end all to end all. You know, we we don't typically recommend to brands that to go all digital. Uh, we, you know, it, 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 our ideal situation would be our, uh, our ideal program is going to be an integrated program that has both traditional and advertising. So mass media going along with that. It could be traditional radio or outdoor, um, and then an indoor piece that goes along with it. I, I I say I want to reach consumers at home, on the go and in store, but that's not always practical for, for every brand. Some brands have big budgets. Some brands have small budgets. And if you have a small budget and, and a very limited geography that you need to reach, then this is, this is how, this is the, best program you're gonna be able to put together. And it, and and what I love the most about it, and I said this earlier in the show, is the scalability of, of, of these types of programs. And and not only scalable from from a budget perspective, but you can look at the scalability from, okay, we're gonna reach these two hundred stores for, you know, f- 300 hours per store. And now we know that when we go from 200 up to 400, that that piece per store, that 300 per store, is not going to automatically go up. It may not even go down, but we know that it's scalable now to go up to 400, 500, 1,000, 3,000, 4,000. That piece is scalable no matter How many stores you're going after, no matter what your geography you're going after, no matter if it's multiple categories or not, it's all scalable. And that's what I love about this this digital piece. And it's so exciting for us to be able to put together these types of programs for brands and to see, I mean, to see how effective they are right out of the gate. Um, Nate. We're wrapping up, Jeb. what? What are some last words, last pearls of wisdom you want to leave with? Um, leave with my listeners.
0: Yeah, some last words that I would that I would uh, you know walk away from here with are just knowing that. Digital media is it's flexible, it's scalable, and you have all the data that you need to make decisions. So um, just make sure that it doesn't have to be your entire plan. It shouldn't be left out of your plan. But it's the ability to work with all other pieces of your marketing plan that help that really is where digital shines. It's it's a, a main outbound tactic, but it also integrates everything else that you're doing.
1: As I said at the top of the show, a little bit of a different format for us, but it was a fun. It was different. Nate, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate having you.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me here. This was fun.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do more of this stuff, I think, think moving forward. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into the show. If you found it valuable, uh, the information that you heard here today, please subscribe to the Peppered Podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, your your thoughts, or your comments on the show or past shows. I can be reached at Jamie. At alabach.com. That's J A M I E at alabach.com. See you next time.
0: You've been listening to Jamie Alabach on the Peppered Podcast, where we bring seasoned talk for food and beverage marketing and brand professionals. Let's grow your brand together.